Hi, this is Tim Krolski. Most people might think they know what goes on in the life of a truck driver, but we thought it was time to understand the person that operates the truck, to find what actually drives them, and what really goes on before and after the brakes get set. Welcome to Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Beyond the Cab. I'm your host, Tim Krolski, and with me today is Gary Smith. Gary has been with us since uh, 2008, uh, lives in Gomer, Ohio, which most people may not be able to find on a map. That's probably true. Um, and uh, it comes from a, a tremendous background, at least from the trucking uh, standpoint. And uh, so I want to talk about several things today because obviously there's a lot of a lot of history there. I'm not saying that you're old. I'm saying yeah. that there's a lot of good history and interesting things that have gone on in your life. And uh, definitely want to talk about a lot of those today. Uh, but humble beginnings, um, you know, it, it, you grew up in Homer? Is that, is in that, Gomer. In Gomer, I'm sorry, that's... Pretty much Lima. I, uh, my, my father was an elementary school principal in Lima, and uh, then when I was about 12 or 13, he moved us out to Gomer into a rural setting, uh, and uh, that's, I've been there, I've been in the house for, oh, since 1974. Okay. So... so same brick and mortar. Yeah, it's it's a sixteen room house that uh, was built during the Lincoln administration. Okay. So there's always renovation. <laughs> well, right now we're I'm working on hardwood floors, restoring okay. them. Nice. Well, and your your uh, your background probably lends to that a little bit too. Yeah, yeah. Twenty five years as a cabinet maker, it helped some. Yeah, yeah. I would imagine you know a couple things about a couple things. Just a few. Work. Yeah. Awesome. So, as far as childhood's concerned, um, what schools did you go to? What were you What were you interested in outside of school? What you know? What What kind of drove you at that age? It was always generally athletics. Uh, I played baseball from first or second grade on up through college, and then as an adult in a men's league, but uh, that's that was always my passion, uh, was baseball. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, there's there's always other things that get involved, you know, especially, you know, the older you get and you realize, okay, now it's branching out and girls come into play and, you know, everything like that. And then you try, you know, your first part-time jobs and things like that and you see. And, what was you were, your first part-time gig? Well, it it probably have to be working for farmers in the in a rural because where I live it's a it's a uh, agricultural community and I started you know I didn't know anything about the farm because we came out of Lima the city of Lima right. and so all the kids around in Gomer were all farm kids so I learned to drive tractors and bale hay and you know all that kind of stuff and it was I I I definitely you know had an appreciation for those that do that for a living yeah absolutely um, well, that's, that's but then it, work uh, all the time but officially you know it was. Um, the typical, um, you know, going through high school, you know, I worked in the summertime. I did whatever I could, painting houses, painting barns, cleaning uh, garages out for the neighbors and anything like that. Uh, and then it wasn't until uh, my father passed away in 1981, I went off to college. And I was going to follow in his footsteps as be, and get into education because I knew it was in my DNA. Okay. Teaching was there. And... I decided that even though my mom had never said anything, she never complained, but I still had two little brothers at home that she was trying to raise, and I knew that it was getting financially tough for sure. her. So I dropped out of college, and I came back, got a job in a cabinet shop, and paid the mortgage off, got my brothers out of school, and they moved to Dallas, and, and now, you know, that's 40 years ago. Yeah, they still so, live down there? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, that's a nice place to visit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, first paying job you'd say probably is the farming sort of thing. And, yeah. And, and that's and so if you had a choice, circumstances set aside, everything that you know happened in your life that builds us and everything. If you had a choice, and I don't believe in regret or do overs too often, but if you had that choice, what would your choice career be today? Oh, I think I. I think I would I would have been in education. However, there is a possibility that I probably could have could have gone to the military. I I knew that I was wired for it as far as the discipline and all this kind of stuff. But I had an older brother that was in the service, and I was thirteen and he was eighteen, and it didn't suit him at all. Okay. And he essentially said, "You're never going into the military." Well, I, if I would have, I'd probably be a full bird colonel retired right. by now playing golf, Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if not that, then I would have, I would have remained education. in education. Interesting. And uh, because I knew it was in my DNA. Well, it definitely you know? it lends to your background. Yeah. Uh, you know, even your time with us, you spent a number of years uh, training others to drive. That's so right. I, yeah, it certain, certainly lends. I, I, you have no um, issues about kind of speaking about issues and yeah. problems and concerns and that sort of thing. So it, it does, it lends to itself that that would have been a, a great path. Um, at this point, you got several years under your belt. 12. What's, what's easy about trucking? Oh, what's easy. What's easy for me. And it always has been is regardless of what I do, doing it with the spirit of excellence, do it right. Um, I've never had a problem getting up and convincing myself go to work. It's it just it's the it's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I don't know if I've ever called in sick in my life at any job. Okay, but then I wasn't sick. Right. Uh, the ease, the level that you're comfortable with what you do, makes it easier. Stress I levels totally come down, and it's all based on repetition, I think, in the trucking industry. Yeah. Um, you know, the first dock you back into next to two brand-new Peterbilts, mm-hmm. your heart's racing. Your, mm-hmm. your, your, your hands are sweating. Now, my heart rate doesn't even go up. Right. It's, it's, it's pretty commonplace. That can also be a dangerous place to live in, depending on well, and that's, how, how checked out you are. I'm so. glad you said that because one of the things that – you have to find a way to challenge yourself to some degree, okay? And complacency is my enemy. Right. To where I can the never, challenge I can never, aff- I can never afford to let my guard down even for a moment. So I have to challenge myself to, you know, and it's like when I'm backing into a difficult dock. You know, you remember the remember the old uh, show that was you know I can name this song in three oh, notes. Yeah. Name that too. Well, I can hit this dock in two pull-ups. <laughs> you know, you're 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 battling yourself exactly. at that point, setting your own yeah. records. Yeah. What would you say? And and again, this probably lends back more to your time and training, but uh, certainly topical to some of the things that you want to discuss today. Um, many people believe that trucking is challenging to the point where it becomes overwhelming. They have to leave the industry because it just isn't quote unquote for them. Why do you think people believe that? Perhaps it's because maybe their initial expectations aren't met. They don't have all the facts to start with because you can't get all the facts to start with. You have to live this for some time. I used to tell every one of my students that 
Give it three solid months and pour, pour your heart into it because that's the toughest port. That's the toughest slot of time, the first three months. And then it's going to get easier. You're going to get better at this. You will be more familiar with the places that you're going and you've been there a dozen times. It gets easier. And I said, plus, then you settle into what it's like at home because that's the biggest key. I, I still believe it's my success is based on my wife to some degree because mm-hmm. without the first driver with, to say without that. her without her full and complete support i'm it not doing this work, right it yeah. doesn't work yeah it doesn't yeah and i, I think that uh, i think that's uh, maybe the most common point for anyone that has been successful in this industry be it husband wife boyfriend girlfriend girlfriend girl, whatever the situation is if you don't have that support system at home that's that's where you either succeed or you fail so uh, I, I think that's, like I said, common, commonplace point that that's, that is derivative of your success in this industry. Yeah. What do you wish you had known when you started out? Probably the time factor. Um, when you come out of any other type of a job, you know, generally it's based on your time. You're, you're compensated for your time. You punch a time clock or you're paid a salary. Um, Nobody really understands until you get behind the wheel and you work 14-hour days. It's, you get used to it. You, you, have to, you have to build up a tolerance to working that much. Stamina. Stamina yeah. is, the, is, is paramount. You have to have it. And you have to also face your own realities knowing, you know what, guess what? I'm tired. I got park this thing. Right. You know? And obeying those signs. Yes. telling you Yeah. This. But I think it's, it's— You also have to have a company that's going to— work with you oh my and understand the reality oh and that's the one thing i'm thank one of the many things that i'm thankful for about working here because i hear so many other stories from other carriers and i i can't even fathom somebody that says you're going to stay out five or six weeks straight and then we'll get you home for a couple of days see that that's a deal breaker that's that's but there's tons of people out there doing that Mm -hmm. and i i've always been thankful that the fact that you guys get us home, uh, and I think I think one of at least for me, one of the most difficult things that I faced was what to do with the time that I'm home, because as a man and a homeowner, it when I'm starting to point that truck toward home, I'm starting to think in my head, and the wheels are turning about things that I haven't done because I'm not there. Right. So you start making these mental lists in your head about. I got to clean the garage. I got a spouting. I got to do. I got all the stuff that I got to do. And I've learned over 12 years and 21 years of marriage that, you know, some of the best decisions I've ever made are never get out of the pajamas, <laughs> lay on the couch with my wife, and binge watch something. Sure. Because, because that's, that's, that's what's that important. Time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, a great piece of advice. I know that you wouldn't argue with me if I said you've probably seen a million billboards, you know, as you're rolling down the highway um, that have all kinds of messages. If you had an opportunity to take out a billboard, you could put anything you wanted on it, what would it be and and why would you put that on a billboard? Wow. That's a great question. Stay true to yourself and don't, don't, don't fear failure. Learn from it. Because there are mistakes that you're going to make out here in this, in this field of endeavor. We all do. I don't know how many times I've talked to other drivers going, 
welcome to the club <laughs> because they will make yeah. a, they will make a mental error and thank thankfully it's 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 only an embarrassment or an inconvenience or something minor right where you didn't latch your door and you tore the door off uh, you drop a trailer in a parking lot mm-hmm. um, I've snapped airlines once right right and we were talking about yes. that. these these things that happen and, just one time and 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 we're, we all you know we all chew the same dirt so to speak because it's it's a it, that's the that's where the camaraderie is to some degree is the fact that hey I, I've slapped guys on the back and say don't be too hard on yourself man shake the etch a sketch right because tomorrow's a new day and you gotta you gotta I try to I've tried to live my life through the windshield even though I check my mirrors every five to eight seconds to know what's behind me what's coming up behind me but I also realize that once you get past something you got to let it go you better get your attention out front right I, I that's a that's an important piece of advice I, I kind of recall gosh it was about three months into my driving career and um, I had taken a um, I had taken on an extra load um, I was in a situation actually that I had requested the day off uh-huh. and uh, the dispatcher uh, my dispatcher at the time really needed some help she was in a jam and there was a load to cover okay you know that's fine I can take another day off it wasn't there wasn't any plans it was no big deal opportunity to make some Been extra there, cash yeah yeah you just do what you got to do and yes. chip in well, yeah. the day ended up turning out to be a total disaster, and without giving you a you know yeah. twenty five minute story, <laughs> I, I, I I made a complete mess of the entire day because I was yeah. focused on the one thing. Yeah. Uh, I ended up um, uh, doing damage to to a bumper on the truck through the course of that day. Mm-hmm. Not at the beginning of the day, mm-hmm. when I was at towards the end of my day, because I was so focused on all the problems that I had had. Yeah. So, uh, you know, kind of kudos to you for that. That moment of clarity sometimes you need to, to put things in perspective, and hopefully yeah. most don't do the same thing that I did and, and let it get to you, and and then you create an even worse day for yourself than what you had already had. And it's Tim, that's the thing that I would do anytime I had a student with me. It, I, I put my pride in my back pocket. The, soon, the second they got into the, the door, they got in my truck, and I would, I would purposely tell them stories on purpose. When we would – you teach situationally. And when I would run across something and, and I'd say, hey, this is what you don't want to do as well. And I would explain a certain situation. This, this happened to me. And I said, so if you're ever in this position and, and you say, oh, Gary told me, we don't, you don't want to do it like this. You get out and look. Right. You, you do this. And I said, because if, if, if you don't have to join this club, yeah, good. No, yeah, right. <laughs> Let me learn from me. Yes, right? exactly. I, I, again, testimony to the whole, the whole training side yeah. of things and, and yeah. who those individuals that do that job are. For most of us that have received that training, and I know that you'll agree with this statement, you drive like your trainer taught you to drive oh, yeah. in most respects. Yeah. Those lessons and the things learned, they still kind of reside in your yeah. brain. Even to this day, if I get behind the wheel of a tractor trailer, yeah. there's still some key triggers that still happen and still remind sure. me okay don't don't forget this and it's, don't you know yeah it's it it becomes commonplace so you know both from the training standpoint and the trainee standpoint that training and the quality of it, it it's absolutely critical what would you say is something that people seem to misunderstand about gary smith wow um i think i have you know a different side to me 
you know, when you when you work with people, you know, I always try to I try to be all things to all people if possible, because if I can find a common thread, then we'll have a better relationship. Um, and I had to learn that when I trained because you, you look for things that have in common. Right. And because it just eases the tension. It's not all about, you know, doing what I say, when I say. Try to take, I try always to take an interest. How about that the quality of a man is not measured from the ground up? It's, it's what, it's what he, Wait, it, is that a short joke? Yeah, what was that? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's, it applies to anybody who's different. Uh, it's what's in their heart and what's in their head that's mm. important. So do you think that because whatever you feel as far as size is concerned that that's been a detractor that people misunderstand you because of? Yeah, I think and I think they think that it's it's okay to poke fun, to make jokes mm-hmm. and all that and it's 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 never it's never okay to to say something about somebody that's a physical issue. Right. Agreed. You know, agreed. And and I, I've learned, I used to just, I mean, I used to have, you know, different methods when I was younger, you know, about that. Now it's, you know, you, you learn to expect it, you learn it, but you never get, you never like it, you know. Um, I think the one thing that maybe they misunderstand about me is the fact that, you know, I can, I got a sense of humor and, and I, I, I have fun with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can... I have a pretty broad knowledge of a lot of different subjects, um, but sometimes maybe I don't maybe maybe because I, I I've had a, this is a successful career for me I've had a a lot of things that Agreed. you guys that you guys have provided, um, you know and I've won I've got accolades I've won some awards mm-hmm. I've done some things that nobody America's, else America's in this America's road team that's and the top no one that list has I, to I was the first right and so maybe maybe some people are standoffish to some degree. And I just wish they'd just come up and, hey, man, you know, how's it going? Realize you're just a normal Tell me guy about and, it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, tell me about yeah. it, you know. The heart's in the right place, yeah. I think, there. Yeah. You had to have a mentor in, in your life at some point in time. If you could pick that one individual, who is that, and, and what what did you appreciate most? What did you take from, from that mentorship? It was, most people would say it's their father. I didn't really have that luxury. My father was an elementary school principal. And he had he dealt with 400 kids every day for 30 years, so sometimes when he got home, he didn't want to really deal with the four he had. Sure. So it it had to have been my my high school baseball coach. Um, his name was Dick Prince. He's 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 gone on to be with the Lord now, but he he just had a way of talking to you and coaching you hard if he had to. Okay. And. But he'd also put his arm around you if it was, was that necessary. Based on, and I don't mean to interrupt, but was that based on situation or based on personality? It was that, that he would be harder on you. Well, he was hard on me because he expected more from me. Okay. And he he wanted to teach me to expect more from myself, and he was hard on me. And there, there was there was you know guys on the team saying, man. Dick's, you know, coach is leaning on you. I said, yeah, because he wants me to. He wants the me to bring out. He's trying to bring out the best that I have. So you realized that at the oh, time. Oh, early on. Okay. Early on. All right. Oh yeah. I don't know that I would have had the the. 
was... the, the the foresight to even understand that at, at a young I'd be too busy being upset that, the, that this guy's yelling at me. When I when I when my when my father moved us out to Gomer, I was I I was playing uh, pony league baseball. It was in seventh grade, between seventh and eighth grade, on the, in the summer, and uh, after the game was over, this guy comes walking up to me. I didn't know who he was. He introduces himself. He says, "My name is Dick Prince. I coach the varsity at Eli at a high school." And he said, so what are you going to do next year? You're a freshman. I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run track. He said, no, you're not. <laughs> and the rest is history. Nice. You know. Nice. But, so did uh, you play four years? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I played JV my freshman year and then four years, uh, three years after that in varsity. Yeah, I've also experienced mentors in this, in this field of endeavor. Because I, I was a master cabinet maker for 25 years. I had pretty much achieved everything, and I was the teacher. Right. You know, and it was all about safety. Yeah. And I and I was so proud that in 25 years, I never sent one of my guys to the hospital. It never happened. There's nicks and little, you know, scratches and all this kind of stuff, but nothing major. And so when I came here, I kind of gravitated towards safety. And and that was Jim Newsom. Uh, and I had a lot of conversations with him uh, as just even outside the box of this industry yeah but I also the one thing I did and the one thing I, I, I made a purpose to do when I got into this industry I knew I'm starting at ground zero I know nothing I, I didn't know I didn't know anything I didn't have any family members any friends anybody in trucking and so I picked anybody's brain that I possibly could have if they were seasoned veterans like guys like Terry Gagne place I just asked them as, whenever out in the shop you know I would I would I would ask is when they're servicing my truck what are you guys doing? And you know, and I would glean as much as I possibly could, because that's the only way you're going to get good. Right. Uh, that's it's that first of all that the thirst and care for knowledge. Yeah. Uh, in an industry that you're involved with, or you know, something that directly affects you, and yeah. how far you want to take that, uh, and how much of an understanding, how much of a deep understanding do you want to have? Exactly. You know, th- it it does help your personal growth. I know, you know, for me, one of the the my favorite things to do is to go over to the shop. And have some conversation directly with the mechanic and say, okay, what do you what do you got going on? What are you working on here? You know, because we know the the ABCs of you know that's this is cracked, broke, bent, or missing. Yeah. That's the you know that's the world you get taught in when you're yeah. when you're getting your CDL. Yeah. But the reality of what it takes to repair and how detailed and how finite those yeah. those um, those jobs can be is yeah. it's, it's impact it's pretty impactful. And it, to ask those questions, you learn a lot. Yeah. You absolutely learn a lot. Yeah. If you had to describe your greatest fear, what would it be? How do you manage that fear? Well, hmm. I try not to operate by fear. I'd rather operate by faith, but it's not always feasible. Um, wow. I think it's doing harm to others. That You doing harm yes, to someone else? You, okay. Because of what I do for a living. It is, I mean, you're driving an 80,000-pound vehicle, you know, and if you understand kinetic energy at all, you know what can happen in the event of. And I think, I don't let it, I don't let it swallow me up to right. some degree, but, you, but you better have, you better have a, 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 an appreciation, and that's why you have to be serious. That's why you can't, it's a job, and it's a serious job. Um, and I think that would be my fear if I was, my greatest fear is, because I've seen, 
I've seen so many situations out on the road. You drive 500 miles a day, you're going to see everything. Yeah. And there's been times when, and I'm not alone. If you're a professional driver long enough, you've saved someone's life and they don't even know it. Right. Right. And you're the only one that knows it. Or maybe someone behind you. <laughs> they, right. And they saw what you did, you know, uh, to save their life because they weren't paying attention. Exactly. Because uh, exactly. dra- distracted driving, it's... Well, it's all it's all day long. You have to be vigilant. There's there's no point in time yeah. where you're not yeah. in that safe life mode. I, I don't know that I've ever really thought about it quite in that way, but yeah. in a nutshell, you're spending 11 hours of your of your drive time doing exactly that, protecting yourself, protecting others, exactly, and, and getting freight from point A to point B. Yeah, I know that um, you know one of the things we talked about a little bit was that home time and yeah. um, you know making the choice to uh, maybe. <laughs> sit down on the couch and yeah. you know binge watch a, yeah. a, a couple of TV shows sure. or something versus doing XYZ that needs to get done um, what's what's your favorite thing to do outside of the truck what do you what what turns you on beyond trucking and 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 uh, the day-to-day well when I'm when I'm home especially this season is approaching is is the gardening season I'm uh, my wife is a uh, master gardener in allen county and she takes care of the flowers and we got a boatload of them okay but i'm the food guy i i i'm an organic gardener i raise my own vegetables uh and that's my passion when i'm home but that way we can do it together we're both in the same Same neighborhood and if she needs some help you know if she can't pull this weed or this walnut tree that's grown not supposed to be there because the squirrels buried nuts and stuff i help out and then there's there's times when, you know, we're, we're sitting on the back porch snapping green beans that I grew and we're getting ready to put them up yeah. for the winter. Um, and that then we get a chance to talk and enjoy our, each other's company. But, you know, deer hunting's my passion. I, do, I, 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 I take two weeks and go to Missouri every year. Um, but there's not, there's not the time for hobbies anymore. Right. They're re- only because of 168 hours in a week, 128 of them. You're in that truck, right? Basically, right. You're making other choices, and so the things that, and that's, I think, that is difficult for some to adjust to. Uh, it's like, okay, um, you may be able to golf, but you may not be able to. Right. You right. may have to make a choice. Yeah. You may be, you may be a part of a bowling league, but you that, may not be. You can, you may yeah. teach Sunday school, but not anymore. Right. You know, and not everybody can handle that. Yeah, you know, it's a hard choice. There is a transitional period to where it's like, wow, because it. It's this is a completely different lifestyle. It for truly sure. is for sure. I you know I, and arguably I, I think there's um, depending on what those hobbies are, what those things are. Being in a truck may not necessarily be a, a, a you know a distractor from some of those things. I know for myself, I'm big a big fan of music. I enjoy listening to. I enjoy purchasing it, and that so that fuels me. So perfect job for that some are avid readers yeah you know well as long as you're not doing it down the road no but they have them on tape and you know all this or when you're on your break you know you can uh, take that time i know video games is probably another larger one for a lot of drivers i wish i would exercise more well that's that's why it's hard (laughs) it's it's tough i think it's interesting though um talking about sustainability as far as uh what you're doing in your in your personal time i had watched uh, a documentary Oh, it was just a few months back. It was called Sustainable. And it was about this individual um, short story that uh, his grandmother had owned a farm. 
was from uh, the Illinois area outside of Chicago somewhere. Owned a farm for a number of years. They lost the farm in 82. Someone else bought it and kind of took it downhill, became more of a, you know, kind of a corporate situation over time. He managed to buy back this farm. The soil's ruined. You know, all the nutrients have been pulled out of it and everything. And ends up building the sustainable, organic um, farm Mm -hmm. that not only turns into a farm for himself so that he's able to sustain his own life for, for food and for money yes. because he's taking those vegetables and fruits to the to the city sure. in Chicago and yeah. and selling them. Yeah. But he turns it into an entire co-op yeah. where now we've got this grouping of individuals that are all growing these specialized mm-hmm. things and, and, and they're doing it organically and they're doing it in a manner instead of pesticides yeah. and, and, and all these other kind of more lethal ways of controlling yeah. crops. They're doing it by planting things that distract insects exactly they're doing it by um i do uh, that uh, yeah filling in i do that just on a smaller scale yeah i I think that's an incredible thought process as far as sustainability not only for 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 life but for next generation and for the you you gotta pay some respect to the ground too exactly oh yeah so i think it's really interesting and i I think that's an awesome thing that you're doing if you you have that skill i don't have the green thumb so (laughs) you know for me it skipped a generation my grandfather was and then my and my father he wanted no part of it because he grew up during the Depression, and he was driving a team of horses when he was six. Okay. So he wasn't growing anything. Right. He's not dealing yeah. with anything. He's going to go teach kids. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, right. you know, there's another uh, um, thankless profession, I think, at yeah. times. Yeah. If, if you had to say one thing that's interesting about yourself that you've never learned from your resume, what is that? Wow. Hmm. I've gone skydiving. Have you? My wife and I jumped out of a plane together when we were in our 40s. Okay. Yeah, and uh, my younger brother called, and he said, I want to, you guys, he said, you've done so many things for me over the years. He said, I want to fly you down to Dallas. I want to make a big deal of it. Uh, we went out to Dallas skydive, and uh, he hired a, 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 a guy that jumped out of the plane, a choreographer. He taped it, videotaped it. They, they set it to music, and... Kathy and I both jumped off a plane at 12,500 feet. And that's one of those things to where I I didn't know if I'd ever do it again. And you're it's a tandem jump, and you're attached to a, a, an instructor. Person, yeah. And this guy was ex-British military, and, and he said, all right, how how crazy do you want me to get? Once, And I said, we're free-falling. You can't hear anything. You're, and right. there's no sense of the ground coming up at all. Okay. You know, you can't see it. You're too far from the earth. And you think your mind says, I'm going horizontally. You're flying. Your mind tells you you're going forward. Okay. But you, your, but altimeter, you're your altimeter says, no, you're not. Right. And then when he deploys the chute, it got quiet. You could hear a pin drop. And he's just talking to me. And he says, well, how? And I said, I may only do this once. So let's, I want as many G-forces as I can possibly get. Okay. And he said, okay. He said, but if you're going to pass out, you tap out. I said, okay. no problem. Yeah. I will. I don't know, right? Yeah. And we had a ball. I mean, it was, yeah, it was fun. So it, yeah. I, I guess one of the things I was going to ask is I know that I, I think I would appreciate that experience for yeah. what it is. I'm terrified of heights, but yeah. I, I would appreciate that. Yeah. But. You would do it again, then, I'm getting the Oh, sense. of course I would. Yeah. Yeah, even though jumping out of a perfectly good aircraft is wrong. It seems, it seems it does, but illogical, but yeah, it? <laughs> but, uh, you know. But a lot of fun. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I, yeah. I, I kind of trust your judgment when it comes yeah. to those types of things. Yeah. So that may be something I need to try in the future. Yeah. 
if if you could say there's one important one item one important item that you learned in life so far what was your life like well what was it first of all what was your life like before learning it and what's your life like now that you have learned it wow we're pretty philosophical yeah yeah i would think so um i think there's things that's happened to me in my life to where you take them for granted and i think i've finally learned uh, that spirit of thankfulness of what I have, not what I don't have, but what I have. It's hard to get to that point. Yes, and to appreciate it at the moment. It's, it's, like, it's like this industry. I never thought I'd ever be here in a million years. But when, I, when, the, when the housing market crashed in, in 2008 and the, and, the, and, the, and the recession hit, for the first time in my life, I found myself expendable. Right. That's where trucking came in. They rescued me from a very uncertain future. And so I'm grateful to this day, even if I have bad days, I'm grateful because at the time, I thought my world had collapsed. Sure, as, as anyone would. And that's, so I think that's what it is, is, is you, gotta, you have to have a positive attitude and you got to be thankful. Don't dwell on what you don't have. Right. I think with with time, if if, if it's something that's worthwhile, you end up gaining that or picking that up along the way. Yeah. Anyway, what you know, for the for the most part. Yeah. Um, you can go to bed every night and wish for a million dollars. It doesn't make it's gonna mean it's gonna happen for you. But those some of those sometimes less tangible things, the things that you can't hold or feel that if if you're if you're good about it and kind of will that energy. You, you can get there. Yeah. You can get there or make that happen yeah. for yourself. I, yeah. And I think that's uh, I think that's a valuable lesson. Um, what are you struggling with today? I think it's still I think it's still the time. Um, I didn't think I'd ever be quite this old to be you know to it's. I know exactly it's, what you're saying. It, it just it, like it came so quickly, and I I realize that three quarters of my life is already in the rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. So the next quarter, I want it to count. I want to make it count. And so sometimes you have to weigh the amount of time that this this industry requires of you. Right. And even though we're blessed to have we're home every week, there are still times when it's like, man, I, I wish I wish I was I was, wish I was home more. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you have to, you have to learn to deal with these things. Right. Um, but as long as I'm healthy. And I can I can meet the criteria, then I can continue to do this and earn a decent living. Sure. Um, I don't know what other opportunities may open up, but I didn't think I'd ever I didn't think I'd ever be a trainer. I didn't think I'd win driver of the year. I did. I, I'm sure as heck didn't think I was ever going to be an America's Road Team captain. Right. right. I'm a TAD ambassador for Truckers Against Trafficking. I never thought that would happen. Right. So I'm thankful for the opportunities, and the next one that sticks up, you know, comes up in my face, I, I'm. You know, you're up for the challenge. Hey, I put my hand up and say, "Hey, pick, I'll do it." Yeah, I think I think that um, that's you know, in addition to the to the trucking life and the traveling that's involved with that, the time away from home there, 
many may not understand what the demands are for some of these other pieces. I mean, you've had to go out and do presentations for Truckers Against Trafficking. You've, you've um, gone and done presentations for um, the ATA, American oh, yeah. Trucking Association, oh, yeah. and being a part of that. We have safety America's programs. I love the Share the Road program. Yeah. I, I love the fact, actually, I'm going to be doing one next month, but in my truck. Which is awesome. Up That's in Cleveland. Most most comfortable place to and, be. And I love the fact that I can teach the next generation how to deal with blind spots, how to merge, what to do around big trucks, because we're not going away. They have to learn how to thrive and survive right. around trucks. And it's not taught. It's not. And I I really appreciate when their parents are with them as well, because then inevitably somebody turns around and says, Dad... Mom, you know you're doing it wrong? Yeah. I always well, grin. Effects change today, yeah. right? Yeah. That effects change not only for the future, but it affects it for today. Exactly. You've been kind enough to give me a lot of your time and discuss the things that I want to talk about. And um, as a part of this process, we, want to, we always want to reciprocate that and make sure that you have the forum and the ability to be able to talk about the things that you want to talk about in terms of the industry or otherwise. Um, I know some of the topics we had touched on was the retention and the turnover uh, in the industry, and um, along with that, the home time, we you know, kind of talked a little bit about that. Uh, driver compensation, what are those things that really y- you'd like to talk about? I think for the future of trucking, you know, we have to, we have to find a way to make it more palatable, um, to, to increase the, the, the desire that people would have to say, that's what I want to do for a living. And it has to come through education. You have to be able to go into a, a classroom and say, Let's, let me teach you about what I do. Let me show you what I do. Um, because it doesn't fit everybody. But there is, I mean, I was, I was, there is a high turnover rate in this industry. Um, and I don't know if people don't give it enough time to get good at it. Um, maybe people bail on it too quick. That first month, first that first month, they, terrifying. And it is, right? it is. Oh, it is. It's that's the most critical time. And if you have, but you have to have structure in place to where, and that's why I like I like being a mentor now. Um, is it's like you, you have an issue, call me. Right. You know, we can um, speak plainly. Exactly. About this. Yeah. You know, uh, and I've been there, uh, and I think the. I think the one way that maybe we can attract more and, and hold on to them more is to is to re-examine the way that that uh, over-the-road truck drivers are compensated. You know, they're paid by the mile, uh, but you can't help but take issue as a professional driver when you're stopped in traffic. Right. And you look and you realize I'm There's making zero nothing. Miles traveled. <laughs> yeah, but neither is the company that I work for. Right. And it may take a paradigm shift in people's thinking to be able to go, okay, maybe maybe we just need to pay them salaries mm-hmm. or by the hour. And that, and some companies are starting to do that to some degree, um, and the stress level comes down. Right. Because right. it's like, uh, hey, I got a mortgage. I got you braces I got to buy. You financial yes. commitment to things. Um, but I think, uh, I think I, the driver— I think you have to have a larger commitment— into a, and we're talking about the trucking industry, the, the transportation, the shipping and receiving world has to be a part of that solution as well. Because not only do you have that traffic jam to deal with, where no one's 
earning anything. Yes. You have those situations where you're visiting a dock or, or a location and, okay, you've done everything in your power. You're there on time. You've done the, all the right things, and it's four hours. It's eight hours before a load's ready. You know, some of those real horror stories that we've both experienced oh, yeah. and things that we've been through, that those have to be reduced as well in order to start making sense of some of this stuff too. It's it's about an accountability factor anybody that's involved in this industry uh because you know what is acceptable you know so i think that's the thing when you're when you're when i came out of a product driven industry right and i made people's dreams come true the lady said i've waited for this kitchen my entire adult life now it's my dream kitchen i said i can make it happen right now i got in this industry and there is no product it's 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 it's, it's solely service it's all service yeah and and there's so many factors that I can do my very best. I can plan my perfect day. I can get up on time. I can I can get it done. I can get it there on time. But at the other end, there's going to be things that I have no control over. Right. Not Perhaps zero. Control. None. Zero percent. Yeah. And I think that's the frustrating thing to drivers to some degree. After the longer you're in it, you roll with the punches a little better. Right. But, but I definitely you think don't that like stuff- it. It affects turnover. Yeah. It does affect, yeah. you know, as a part of that thing because, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier. You're planning your day. You're thinking about how long it's going to take you from point A to point B, which is all you do have control over. Then when you get these roadblocks in the way, traffic jams, accidents, um, you know, the, the, the stresses of just driving under normal circumstances without the accidents, and then the clock you're under, and then... You, you have all of that out of the way now. You've arrived at your destination, be it a pickup or a delivery point. Yeah. And then you're told, well, it's going to be another three hours before we get to you. Exactly. Or you're told, um, or you see, yeah. rather, that there's a line of, of drivers that oh, yeah. are in front of you at oh, this yeah. point. Yeah. You know, it, it becomes frustrating from, yeah. the, from that retention, that recruiting yeah. standpoint. It can get yeah. very difficult. Yeah, and I think if they would find a way to disperse and spread out the, 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 the responsibility, you know, and no one, ever, no one is going to value my time as much as me. It's just that's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but your hands are tied because you have to haul the freight, but you got to make money at it. Right. It has to right. be a rate. You got to, you're not going to, you're not going to lose. You don't want to lose money. So that's why it's, it's, it's crucial for, for, for drivers to understand the plan that their planners made for them and to do the best to get there on time. And then they do. And it's like, oh, sorry, you know, uh, we got tow motor problems or our dock locks are broken or anything or a blizzard. Uh, parking is an issue. That could be a whole different story on that. Yeah. That's the, even the length of time I've been here. It is just outrageous. It just it is staggering. I don't like to leave time on my on the table because that's how I'm paid. Right. But many many times I've had to pull over with two and a half hours left on my clock because this is because your best this is the only place I'm going to find parking. If right. I keep going and I'm not I'm about safety. I'm not parking on a ramp. Right. <laughs> right. Nor do nor do you want no you, you don't want anybody to but do you that. see it all the time yeah well I think yeah. to to some folks peril it's uh, no of course other it choice is. you yeah. 
You've, you've got yeah. no other choice yeah. but to make that It's about decision. a decision-making process right. that you have to develop. Well, if you force yourself to get there, I guess exactly. is what I'm saying, then, then there's no other exactly. choice at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that I think the, the one thing I would like to see someday is is have, if it's ever possible and feasible, which I don't know because I'm just I'm just throwing ideas out, uh, is to make is to make the compensation merit based to some degree, to where right now it's based on your time of service. If if you got ten years in, and you got other drivers that are in your fleet that. Maybe, and I'm not saying this happens here, but I hear complaint. I, I hear, sure, you're I hear it out on the there. road. You're plugged yeah. in. Yeah, you know, and it's like I'm a good driver. I don't call in sick. I, 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 I've done everything they've ever asked of me, and yet, you know, Joe Blow down, you know, he's he works for the company, but he's a he's he's a heartache. He's a heart attack. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a problem child for people. You know, the, you know, he doesn't talk nice about his. You know, his, his, his dispatch, bad mouth and all constantly right. and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, why should he be paid the same as me? Mm-hmm. Because those, and, and just to kind of clarify what you're saying, you're looking at it as beyond the kind of the tangible things that, you know, in the industry, it's pretty standard practice to have some sort of safety or performance bonuses, those types of things. You're saying yes. outside of those items, looking at the individual and yeah. how, their behaviors yeah. as well and, and yeah. turning that into some sort of. I Yeah, I mean, it would be great sometime if you could even, if I could even lobby for myself. <laughs> and, and, and then at least have an opportunity to say to management, look, I'm worth more. Yeah, yeah. So, so more, more along the lines of the the, uh, the kind of the, for lack of a better way of saying it, it's kind of that banker's world where look, this is the job I've done. Here's what I've created. Here's what I've given you. Give me this. Yeah. In return. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that before from, from, uh, from the trucking standpoint. Yeah. You know, in terms of that. It becomes. I'm not saying that I would, you know, like you negotiate a contract, right? But to some degree, well, you are. That's way you are. I want to bet on myself, right? Right. Interesting. Interesting thought process. Yeah. In your opinion, Gary, what drives the organization that we both work for? What drives it? Mm-hmm. Well, you. It, what I've learned, and I and I say this in a in a in a in a nice, caring way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's we don't. This is not a democracy. Okay. It's it's a monarchy, right. and I like, and I appreciate who's on the throne, mm-hmm. uh, and I trust her. Um, it's nice to work for someone who's a visionary, and who sees the big picture, and is not afraid to make mistakes, is not afraid to ask, and to you know, and to have a dialogue, and that's why I appreciate our ownership, um, because Sherry works as hard as anybody else in this place, if not more. Oh, for sure, for and. Sure. And I think her role, because of what she went the path, and she's so rare because she's a woman that has that has owned that owns a company and CEO of a company, and uh, what she's on the threshold as far as the ATA is impressive. And I may be one of the few people who really fully understand it because I'm in the ATA as well and know the scope of I mean becoming the chairman of the board right. is special. It's, it is it amazing. Absolutely is. Well, yes. I think I, I, I think to your point, um, we've both been afforded some opportunity to be able to see life on kind of a grander scale than the day to day. 
operations, which I, I value that. I know that you value those opportunities as well. But it brings up a good point because beyond the day-to-day, the, the, you know, the machine and the, and the individual behind the machine that's getting that freight from point A to point B and all that's included in that is absolutely important. It's critical. It's crucial. None of this happens without those two items, right? But further than that, the bigger picture is, is that there's legislation that happens out there yes. that we have the opportunity to be able to help shape and shift for for safety first exactly but for the industry second yeah and making sure that we have our seat at the table that it's we a voice have our voices heard yeah and i i think it's tremendously critical to have that sort of perspective on things that goes beyond the normal four walls of things we all get very caught up in our own lives our own situations problems and those types and of that's things. what i was going to reiterate is the fact that it's helped me see the big picture and so on the times when I tend to think me, 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 you know, something's my, my day's going bad or whatever, or I've, or it's just, it's just, you know, not, things are not going well. I, I, I remember what, that there's more to it. It's not a microcosm, right? It's, there's a bigger picture and it's easier to come off that, you know, and kind of blow off the steam and move on because there's a bigger picture it's more important i'm not the only driver i'm not the only person there's 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 more to it than that and i think her exposure or my exposure to leadership here um i've learned a great deal because i've i'm not afraid to ask questions and i get to see what you guys what a taste you know what you guys got and it's sometimes it's convinced me, you know what, I don't want to be on the other side of the fence. <laughs> I remember years ago, Rex, Rex asked me to, why don't you come over here and dispatch? And I said, uh, I'm not ready to come under the dark side yet. We started laughing. See, yeah. It's just a question of who's smarter than who, right? That's it, yeah. At this point, you're winning that yeah. battle. <laughs> but now, but you know what, now I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I'll, never, I'll never say never. Right. I know that. So, But it's, uh, it's, it's been a great ride. It's, uh, I'm not done, you know. Um, uh, it's as like I said, as long as I'm healthy and I, yeah, I can, I, I still want to do this. Uh, you can drive, yeah. you know, you can still do this. Uh, so we'll see. Gary, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate the fact that you sat down with me and shared some of your life and stories. And, uh, this is Tim Krolski signing out for Garner Trucking's Beyond the Cab. <laughs>